This is Stories from the Stands. Hey guys, welcome into another edition of Stories from the Stands. I'm Carolyn. After a little bit of a hiatus, I was off the grid for a couple days, which I think was very needed. All right, so today I have a very special guest. I have Eddie Barstool coming on. He's going to talk a little bit about the 2003 Cubs and what that means to the current Cubs. Just a reminder, make sure you follow me on Instagram and Twitter at StansPod, S-T-A-N-D-S-Pod. And if you have a story that you want to share, make sure you email me, storiesfromthestands at gmail.com. Also, please share the show. Share it with your friends and family, and yeah, we'll we'll get you on. If you have a good story, I'd love to chat with you. All right, here is Eddie. Welcome on to another edition of Stories from the Stands. I'm super excited to have this guest on. I have Eddie Barstool on today. Eddie, thank you so much for coming on. Carolyn, it's great to hear from you. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm excited to do this. I hope everything's going well. Yes, I'm excited to talk about this with you because when I asked you to come on and you were like, I have a great story about the 2003 Cubs, I was like, that's perfect because I've been talking to Bowling and some other people about, you know, the 2015 Cubs and obviously I could talk about it all the time, but we got to we got to dive into the history books a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I mean, without, you know, the triumph of 2016, um, you, you know, there's, with, excuse me, without the, uh, the gloom of, uh, you know, tw- 2003, there's no triumph in 2016, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, we got to start at the beginning of the season. Cause I, I will openly admit I did not start paying attention like heavily to baseball until later. So 2003 was a little, I was also like seven. So, you know, a little before my uh, intense baseball watching times. But why don't you set the stage for our listeners about uh, what the Cubs were like during the 2003 season? Yeah. So 2003, to me, I was 13. And that was, you know, obviously besides the World Series year, that was to me the funnest year being a Cubs fan. So 2003. Um, they were, they were kind of in it the whole season and there was a big game there at the end of the year where, uh, Sean Estes, he was our fifth starter. We needed a fucking big win from him. Sorry. Can I swear on here? I apologize. Yeah, that's fine. No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So we needed a big win from him. There was a Sean Estes game. That was a big pivotal regular season game. Uh, we beat the pirates to clinch. I believe it was. And, uh, it was really, you know, uh, they won the wild card in 98, but that was really like my uh, my first real taste when I was like really into Cubs, Cubs land. And uh, so that was kind of the regular season. And, you know, the, the Cubs were in some ways they went all in. They traded for Aramis Ramirez. They traded for Randall Simon. They traded for Kenny Lofton. And it just everything felt right. OK, so it was a year of which. um it, it, it like like the organ you were happy with the organization with the moves they were making like i said we're happy with the fucking uh we were happy with the, the lineup we were happy with the rotation everything was smooth you know and it was um from a regular season standpoint from just an operational standpoint of the franchise and the team everything was just awesome yeah all the all the little pieces came together and i and it is a little bit of a contrast from this recent championship of how the cubs really traded or drafted pretty much everyone uh, on the 
2016 team. But in this season, they really just went all in, like you said, and traded and uh, signed free agents and all that stuff. So a little bit different of a team uh, compared to, you know, the more recent successful team. Definitely. Definitely. It really was, you know, Grud Zalonic, he was, uh, I believe he was an off season acquisition. They traded for, they got him for Todd Huntley with, uh, Eric Karos. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was, it, it was big different. I mean, the core was still there, you know, they, they signed Alu. I forget exactly which year they brought him in. They might've brought him in the year before that, but, uh, Sammy was still there. Then obviously you had your horses up front with Kerry Wood, and then that's what Mark Pryor really, really came into his own. He had an awesome season, and he was just so damn dominant and uh, was just so fun to watch. Mark Pryor was electric. I will say something about Mark Pryor that I did not realize is, uh, like, obviously as a Cubs fan, I grew up knowing about Mark Pryor, but I did not realize until I really looked at his baseball reference page, he didn't even really have that long of a career it was only just a few seasons uh but he was he was dominant during those seasons carolyn it is one of the saddest stories it really is um you know like you said if if you just you know kind of started really getting into it in recent years mark Pryor in 2003 was just on another level like he was so good and you're right, he didn't pitch very long. He was lost to injuries. And obviously, being from Chicago, we've had, you know, the Derrick Rose situation, which was equally as tragic. But I'm telling you, when it when it hits me, Mark Pryor and Derrick Rose, when it comes to what could have been and what, you know, what never was, it's one and one A. Like, they're neck and neck. I can't say one over the other because I truly love both of those guys equally as much. And I really think both of them were equally as talented. So now that we kind of have a a look at what the season was like, uh, you wanted to specifically talk a little bit about the 2003 Divisional Series, Game 3, Pryor versus Maddox. Awesome. Okay, so that was Game 3. We played the Braves, and, you know, the Braves, they got, you know, loaded pitching staff, um, and... It was it was game three. It was I got the box score up here now. Just remember the date. It was October third. Um, my dad had tickets. We were up in the left uh, field line uh, on the upper deck, and um, you know, just a legend like Greg Maddox. You know, it was like old versus new, and and you know, there's the history of Greg Maddox was on the Cubs. He won a Cy Young with the Cubs, and um, it was just. The feeling and the energy in the air. I mean, everyone knows October baseball energy because, you know, you got the crisp air. You could feel it. Wrigley Field just buzzing. It's Wrigley's always full for the most part, but playoff game full is different. You know what I mean? I don't know mm-hmm. if, 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 if people people know playoff game full is a different kind of full, okay? There's there's no really getting up to go get a hot dog. You know, there's you're there, you're slammed in, you're watching the game, you know. You're not mm-hmm. the, like the the uh, the July and June games are to have fun in the bleachers and have a few beers. Playoff games, you're there. You're locked in. You're close quarters with the people next to you in their seats. And I just remember it was an awesome night game for baseball and just the history of, hey, old school versus new school. Like, this is our new Greg Maddox, Mark Pryor, game three. Like, what more can you ask for, you know? 
So, yeah, I, I would completely agree with you because I, I went to game 163 a couple years ago when the Cubs had to play the Brewers for the division. And there is like, I mean, it wasn't quite the playoffs, but it definitely had that playoff vibe of like we're win- winning in and it it's intense. Like there's definitely a different vibe because like you said, when you're there in June, July, you are in the bleachers having a good time, drinking beers, having dogs and playoff times you're just like buckle up you better get ready because this is this is it yeah and listen i don't know how much this factors in too but 2003 i didn't have a cell phone you know mm-hmm. there was no checking like oh is uh what's going on can i can i go check what's going on in another game it was me there was no video boards it was me my dad everyone in that stadium everyone watching at home and it was us and the big marquee. You know, it was the big scoreboard, the manual scoreboard in center field. And that was it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just a really simple, stripped down, awesome viewing experience of baseball. And I loved it. You know, anyone who hasn't been to Wrigley, like, you need to go to Wrigley. It is one of the best experiences you will ever have. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to go back to baseball games at some point and enjoy the bleachers. But uh, let's talk a little bit about this game. What... Uh, I mean, like, let's get it started. The first inning, very eventful for the Cubs, and kind of you got to strap yourself in from there. Yeah, for sure. So, like I said, Brad, uh, Maddox Pryor, Cubs ended up winning the game 3-1, to one, but the Cubs, they put up two in the first inning. So right out of the gate, you're right. It's like, all right. And back in those days, Mark Pryor was a pitcher who just get him a couple and he'll take you the rest of the way, you know? Mm-hmm. So they got two in the first inning. I'm, I'm, was that the Randall Simon RBIs, I believe it was? Or was that later on? Um, Let me pull I, up the box score. That's my bad. Yeah, Randall Simon. He yeah, had a single to right is. field. And he, he had two RBIs. Kenny Lofton and Mark Rosalonic scored. I was, Randall Simon, I'll tell you this. He, he played first. They traded for him at the deadline. And listen, Aramis Ramirez was definitely the focal point. He turned into... You know, a, a huge. He, I mean, he manned the corner for for years to come. He was the key part of that trade. Kenny Lofton was awesome in center too, but people sleep on how awesome Randall Simon was. The guy, like, he just found a way to get big hits and big moments. And Randall Simon's like always a guy. If you bring up his name, like, I'll always smile, and I just have nothing but positive memories of. And, you know, obviously this is probably a big part of it. You know, putting up two runs right up there out of the gate in the first inning off Greg Maddox, I I forever, like, have been indebted to Randall, Randall Simon in my life since. Well, yeah, you you definitely have those cult heroes on the Cubs. The, just yeah. those guys that, like, come out of nowhere and uh, put some wins in for you or, like, put some runs up or do something great. And, man, they're just cemented in history after that. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so I'm looking at just, like, the box score here. Obviously, you said you put the Cubs scored two runs in the first, and then throughout the rest of the game, it was just kind of, like, prior Maddox going toe-to-toe. And I don't know if you're like me. I can enjoy a good pitching matchup. Obviously, offense is always really fun, but, like, a good pitching matchup and watching, like, two professionals just paint the corners and, like, go at batters and stuff like that, it's always so exciting. Oh, it's amazing. And, and like, I can't gush about him enough. I I mean, have I I made it clear here, Carolyn, how much I love Mark Pryor and how awesome Mark Pryor was? 
I think you may need to emphasize it a little bit more. I'm not All right, I'll do it. <laughs> Carolyn, I'll tell you, listen, the blue socks he showed, his high windup, the way he uh, the way he kicked up his leg, not high windup, sorry, the way he kicked up his leg, he was awesome. He was the best. So what was it like? What was the atmosphere like in the stadium? Because obviously, I'm sure a lot of people knew the important. Well, obviously, people know the importance of that game. But just watching two masters of their craft, like, were people on edge? Was it just kind of like a nerve wracking experience because you're waiting for someone to break? Like, what was the atmosphere like? No, you know what? Obviously, I remember being being pretty relaxed. Obviously, you never feel completely comfortable when you have a two nothing lead. And then the Braves ended up scoring later. They put up one run in uh, in the bottom, at the top of the eighth, actually. So that made it two to one. So, of course, as it gets later, you get that feeling in your stomach. All right, here we go. Of course, this is part of being a Cubs fan. Uh, you're up two or nothing. No real, real scares until the top of the eighth, right at the end. And uh, so it was two to one. Thankfully, Ramos Ramirez in the bottom of the eighth, he had a uh, another RBI and a ground rule double. To, to have a little cushion there in the ninth, but I just, you know, it was just one of those years where you just, like I said, you, you have prior a little bit and he'll do the rest for you. And that, that's pretty much what happened. And that game, obviously the Cubs go on to win that game three to one and they, they win the series uh, in five, but man, just like 2003 Cubs, it's, it's a whole different animal. Cause obviously the next series is, the one that we don't like to talk about that much, but uh, just beating the Braves. Uh, can you talk a little bit about just that series as a whole and being able to beat the Braves in that first round and kind of the feeling of being a Cubs fan uh, after that series? It was awesome because it really, you know, the momentum from the clinch, everyone was happy. It's like, you know, we made it to the playoffs. Then you beat the Braves. And then you're like, hey, we're here. You know, this isn't just, we're happy we we were we came to the dance again after a couple of years. You beat the Braves and you know that 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 starting, you know, pitching staff, you you feel like all right, now now we got the Marlins. All right, let's see, you know, the Marlins they're they're a good team, but the Cubs are good too. You it, it just felt special. You know, you beat the Braves, you go to the CS and it really did. I hate saying this because we always said this back in those days but it really felt like the Cubs year. It really did. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a little bit before my time. Cause I honestly didn't, don't think I really started paying too much attention to the Cubs. till a couple years later. Cause I remember Derek Lee being my favorite player growing up. Um, everyone remembers the series against the Marlins and how that fell apart. But I don't think it gets talked about enough that season as a whole, like the precursor to everything. Cause it was a really good season. We had a good pitching staff. We had a, a good number of really good players, and, and they were fun to watch, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, the Sean Estes game, the doubleheader, uh, you know, the clinch, um, you know, going to the, the Braves, Maddox, Pryor, going to the going to the CS, and, and unfortunately, we know what happened there. That's the Bartman year. It's really, I mean, when you, when you talk about it, it's it's. Behind this champion, behind the World Series team, is this a top three most profound Cub season? Just as far as like drama and everything that happened, I think it. There's a great argument for it, you know. I would probably agree with you. Just yeah, 
like the craziness that happened and then also the guys that were on the team and mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's definitely a dramatic season i'm gonna have to go back and watch a lot more 2003 cubs because i don't think they get appreciated enough no i'd recommend it but you know just beware game six it gets real dark <laughs> we can just avoid that part but yeah <laughs> Well, Eddie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for talking about this game because it doesn't get talked about enough. We we don't show enough love to uh, our predecessors. Um, so I appreciate you coming on. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me. I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Eddie Barstool. Uh, I do the dog walk. I do the red, I do red light radio. I do the day port night show. Um, I do serious radio. I do a whole bunch of radio. You can find me. If you follow my social channels, you'll see it there. Um, so that, that's really it. And then my, my last thing here, Carolyn, I also want to say it's a cautionary tale as well. For all those teams, all those people who are fans rooting like, hey, we got a young core. Everything will be fine. We're set up for the future. That Cubs team was set up for the future. And it all crashed in a hurry. You know, 2004, Maddox came back to the Cubs. And, you know, Zambrano came into his own. And it never worked out. So, where you know you know you get those teams, Carolyn. Everyone's like, "Oh, we'll, we'll be fine." Like we we're set up for the future. That that cub that was my first lesson into hey, you always want to win right now. Like now is the best time. So that's my parting thought, I guess. <laughs> that's a good parting thought because honestly, um, that's I think just a good lesson for being a sports fan is don't get your hopes up. You will be disappointed uh, immediately. So absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on, Eddie. Uh, Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Carolyn. You're great. I hope you're doing well, and uh, I wish you good luck with the show. Big shout-out to Eddie for coming on and sharing his story about the 2003 Cubs, which is really fun to talk about. Uh, If you have a story you want to share, make sure you email me, storiesfromthestands at gmail.com, and we'll get you on the pod to talk about it. Or if you just want to type out a couple paragraphs, I'll definitely read it as well. Also, if you uh, could share the show with a friend, that would be great, as well as rate, review, subscribe. Also, maybe potentially even uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, StansPod, S-D-A-N-D-S Pod, on Instagram and Twitter. All right, I uh, will see you soon. Peace.